Morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, again, this is the least boring attorney podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Jessica Collier Smith. I'm um, introducing Doug Mori and Natalie Collier Smith, attorneys of Mori and Collier Smith Personal Injury Firm. Uh, this podcast covers everything related to automobile accidents, slip and falls, animal attacks, and wrongful death. Tune in, tune in each month to get the latest information straight from the two of the brightest minds in personal injury law. Don't miss out on the opportunity to increase your legal knowledge from the comfort of anywhere with an internet connection. So here today is Doug Morey and Natalie Collier-Smith. Take it away, guys. You're selling yourself short. You said host. Uh, the official title should be host and topic uh, comer up. Or is that <laughs> or, um, comer up. That's the... Uh, our, our topic today, uh, your rights as a passenger was your idea. So, you know, it was. You know, That's right. Credit given where it's due. Natalie, how you doing? I'm doing well, Doug. How are you? Good. I, not like I asked you that this morning when I got here, but, you know, <laughs> now for the people. Um, episode five, your rights as a passenger. That's right. You know, switch this up a bit. Fun fact. 2008 National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. 33% of people involved in auto accidents are passengers. That is a lot higher. Yeah, you just told me that statistic, and that's a lot higher than I expected it to be. So one-third of the people had absolutely nothing to do with it other right. than just being in the wrong car, the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. But a lot of people, uh, we get a lot of phone calls about being a passenger. Is it, is, are there differences? You know, what do I do? What am I, who should I deal with, et cetera? So Natalie and I and Jessica thought it would be a good idea to spend a little time talking about your rights as a passenger when you're in a automobile accident or some people call it car accident or, or motor vehicle accident or car wreck or whatnot when you're a passenger when you're a auto accident passenger what happens well at, in, at the beginning you would obviously want to do like we said in episode one seek medical attention that's right. the most important thing right. but we're going to assume for the purposes of this podcast that you like many other people have listened to episode one of the least boring attorney podcast <laughs> and know all that and if you haven't Pause this one, go back and listen to that one, and then come back to this one. Very good. We'll wait. <laughs> All right, we're back. <laughs> so, uh, your rights as a passenger. Where do you want to start? Uh, well, we should probably start with um, liability, because that's always, I think, Perfect. first and foremost. Who, a, as a passenger, most of the time, I can only think of some very weird exceptions, but most of the time... You have no liability as a passenger. Correct. In most normal settings, you're simply sitting in the passenger seat or somewhere else in the vehicle, not in the driver's seat, and have no control over what's happening to the vehicle you're in or what's happening to the vehicles traveling around you. So uh, liability, again, there are probably some weird, rare exceptions, which a case actually we'll talk about. Um, uh, uh, most of the time you don't have any liability on your on your part. We love getting emails from people, but you can you can spare us the one about what happens when your passenger waves someone on. We're familiar with that factual <laughs> scenario. There's exceptions to every rule, but like right. Natalie explained, we're gonna move for the purposes of this podcast, we're gonna set aside the one in a million times where a passenger yeah. has liability and just focus on the vast majority of the time where a passenger is just in a car that's in a wreck. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um so uh, we talk about pure comparative fault versus contributory negligence. So as we've talked about, uh, probably in other podcasts related to, to car wrecks, um, 
Kentucky is, I think, one of 13 uh, jurisdictions that have pure comparative fault. And that means if you're an injured person, you are able to recover um, uh, from other parties even if you are somewhat at fault. Now, again, I, I realize I just said that passengers are never are usually not at fault. Um, but the, the law on that uh, came about in a, in a relevant way to this conversation because um, the case that actually gave Kentucky pure comparative fault um, was a, case, was a, a sup- Kentucky Supreme Court case back in 1984 called Hillen v. Hayes, um, which actually dealt with the potential negligence of a passenger. So I think a, a younger uh, girl was, was traveling in a vehicle as a passenger with her boyfriend who had had a few drinks before they had gotten in the car and started their trip. Uh, I think she knew that the, the, the boyfriend was drunk um, and she was injured. They, you know, they got in a car wreck, she was injured and uh, was ultimately, um, well, the, the standard at the time was contributory negligence. So if you were at any percentage at fault for causing the wreck, uh, that was a complete bar to recovery. Contributor, if you were at all contributory in, in the negligence, you couldn't recover one red cent for any of your, your damages. And the theory in this particular case was that she knowingly got into a vehicle with somebody uh, under the influence. So she uh, contributed to the negligence that ultimately led to the car wreck and her injuries. Um, the Supreme Court of Kentucky said, uh, no, we, you know, we're, we're going to reject contributory negligence. We have pure comparative fault, so we can spread the fault around to all parties involved, essentially. So even if you're under pure comparative fault, even if you're 1% at fault, or excuse me, even if you're 99% at fault uh, for the, the car wreck, you can still recover I guess, 1% of your damages from other, right. other parties. Pure comparative fault or pure comparative negligence is exactly that. It is that you can receive the proportion of your damages that you're not at fault for. If you are, we're going to move away from passenger for just a moment. If you're a driver and you are 99% at fault and the other driver is 1% at fault, you can collect from that other driver 1% of your damages. Now, that's an extreme example. But just by way of comparison, um, at the more draconian end of this, uh, contributory negligence still exists in five jurisdictions in the United States. Um, the fact that I said jurisdiction instead of states is probably a pretty good clue as to one of them is D.C. But there, in addition to D.C., Alabama, Maryland, North Carolina, Virginia still have contributory negligence. Thankfully, Kentucky moved on from it thanks to Hill and VA's 1984. Many states have modified comparative fault where you cannot collect if you are 50% or more responsible. I think the what exists in most states is a di- it's a different modified comparative where you cannot collect if you are 51% responsible. Some say it's 50 or more, some say it's 51 or more. Something I learned in researching is South Dakota has something called slight versus gross. Your negligence must be no more than slight compared to the other person's negligence. I hadn't heard hmm. of that before. I've never heard of that either. But there are, I, 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 there are 12 or 13 states where pure comparative fault, Kentucky being one of them, where you can receive the percentage of your damages that you are not at fault for. Um, 
and, and you might be thinking, well, how, what do you mean, how can you be, how can you be more than one person at fault in a wreck? The classic example of this is you get, you know, driver A runs a stop sign or, or doesn't keep proper lookout and pulls out into a, from a stop sign without seeing that somebody's coming. But driver B, the person who's coming, is going 20 miles, 25 miles an hour over the speed limit and subsequently can't stop in time. Well, whose fault is that wreck? Well, truthfully, the answer is both of them. Yeah. And it becomes an issue for the jury to parse out how much fault to assign to which person. So maybe it's 60-40, maybe it's 70-30, maybe it's 50-50. But the reality is both drivers share some blame or some responsibility. Kentucky is one of um, the jurisdictions that, that thankfully says pure comparative fault. We give you the, we allow you to receive the damages in proportion to the amount of fault that you weren't at in the wreck. And as Natalie pointed out, in almost every example, a passenger isn't going to be at all at fault. But we thought it was interesting that it was a passenger case, right. Hill and V. Hayes, that brought pure comparative fault to Commonwealth of Kentucky. So auto accident passengers, car wreck passengers, you are in most every instance 100% not at fault. But please know that it was a passenger case that meant car wreck passengers or car crash passengers who even are a little bit at fault can still collect for the negligence of the other driver or drivers. So that's, that's pure comparative fault for passengers in automobile wrecks, car wrecks, etc. passengers. Make sense? Yeah. I like it. Jess, any yeah. questions? No. All right, so thank Great. you, Hill and B. Hayes, for, yeah, and pure comparative, as Doug outlined, I mean, it's it's the most um, claimant-friendly because, you know, obviously you, you, you just have a lot more uh, options in terms of actually being able to recover uh, for your damages. I think it's most just. I mean, I, I guess I'm biased. I'm a plaintiff's attorney, but right. it just makes intuitive sense to me that you should be responsible for your amount of fault yeah. in the wreck. Why should I, if I'm quote-unquote only 49% at fault and some other person is 51% at fault, why should I pay for zero of his or her damages? Right. I'm 49% at fault. I should pay for 49% of the damages. Yep. That, that has always seemed fairer to me, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why I do plaintiff's fault. <laughs> All right, so now we got pure comparative fault in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, and we know that 33% of people in car wrecks, thanks to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration, 33% of people in car accidents are passengers. If you're a car accident passenger or car wreck passenger, what? Uh, you, obviously you go get medical treatment, but what, what happens next? You're in a car and got driver A was driving the car you were a passenger in, driver B was driving the other car, and... They're each pointing the finger at the other saying he did it or she did it. What do we do? What's going on? Well, as a passenger, uh, you get to point the finger at everybody. <laughs> wow. Well, I like it. Um, uh, yeah, so we, we were, there's car insurance, right? We, everybody, we get to, we don't always get to talk about car insurance in front of a jury, but for purposes of this uh, podcast and to educate clients in our population, there's, hopefully car insurance to, to go around. So um, as the passenger, we, we determine who is at, who is potentially at fault. And in Doug's scenario, we have two drivers that are both somewhat at fault to be determined at a later date. You would um, want to get the insurance information for both the, the other car involved and the car uh, that you're in, that you're a passenger in. Um, and there's 
other potential avenues of, of coverage. So we always start, if we're looking at the car <clears throat> that you're in, uh, the first auto policy that would be kind of in line or on the hook for damages um, would be that vehicle. So the owner of that, the owner of that vehicle's yes. um, po- uh, car insurance. Yeah. Kentucky Farm Bureau versus uh, Shelter, a 2010 case. Primary coverage follows the policy of the owner of the vehicle. And the policy on the non-owner driver is indeed excess. So if you're in a car crash, you're in a car accident, um, and there's multiple policies involved, including perhaps that someone who is driving your car is not necessarily the person who owns the car. The primary policy belongs to the owner of the car. We're assuming for the purposes of this that the person driving was doing so permissively and it's not stolen. the owner of the car has the primary insurance policy, but the driver of the car, if it's a different person, um, should also have insurance and, and, and too, has insurance that they bring to the table. Right. So, and if I could back up just a second, when you're a passenger in a car wreck, and Natalie's 100% right, um, speaking of numbers, all pure comparative fault, no 99%, sorry, 100% right, right. That you, you make sure you, that you, uh, you get everything Natalie just said. Also, if I could just, as a practical matter, Please get your name on the police report. Yeah. Please get your name on the police report. <laughs> police officer comes to the scene, and they do a good job of this usually. Um, they take a police report. They take the information from both drivers. Please, 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 please make sure the police officer knows you were there and in the wreck. It makes it a lot harder later on to say, I was in that wreck, when you really were, but the officer didn't put your name on there. Because first thing the insurance company is going to say is, well, I got the police report in front of me. Joe Smith, I don't see your name anywhere on here. Uh, yeah. So please... And if the cop, if the police officer leaves your name off, you can file, get an attorney. You can you can contact the police department to get that changed. So that's actually a very worthwhile tip to do. That is, yeah, agreed. We have I've had that come up a number of times where the officer either just was you know not doing the best job of the report, which most of the time they do do a good job, or you know the passenger had to leave before the cops got there. Some situation where passenger didn't make it on and maybe you didn't go to the ER right away so there's really no proof of of the actual injury on the date of the wreck so yes make sure you're on the police report it makes it makes your life so much easier and ideally try to get the id number for the police report the police officer will give a card to both drivers with an id number on there to to look up the police report try to get that id number as well so you can look up the police report yep but that's not you can find it other ways but that's not a deal breaker but it'd be good to Good to get that number. I'm sorry, I cut you off. You were on the 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 fact that owner and driver insurance and whatnot. Uh, yes, I totally forgot what I was talking about. No, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, the you mentioned the shelter case. That's uh, the owner of the vehicle's insurance is primary. If for some reason that's there's no insurance there, then we look to the driver of the vehicle if it's different from the owner, and then if. For some reason, the driver doesn't have any insurance. Uh, then we look to your a passenger as a passenger, your own personal policy. So sometimes <clears throat> people don't realize that a passenger's own policy, even though their car had nothing to do with any wreck, that could still be at play, um, depending on you know if there was no other insurance available. Your own personal policy um, for uninsured motorist coverage. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, if, if the owner, if the car that you're in does not have insurance, the driver doesn't have their own insurance, which hopefully that's not the case, but um, then your own policy, again, assuming you have uninsured uh, motorist coverage, um, we would look to your own personal policies. And also, and also, and then last but not least, underinsured motorist mm-hmm. coverage, you could look to the policies of all of the people you just mentioned. If you're right. a passenger in a car in a car wreck, um, there's multiple different avenues for which we, the attorneys, will look to see if there's any underinsured motorist coverage that would mm-hmm. be applicable. I think the main takeaway for passenger is this. A lot of this works the same. You still have PIP. We talked about PIP on a pre- previous podcast, personal injury protection or bodily um, you know, BRB, basic operation benefits, um, where you can, when you're a passenger in a car crash, you have $10,000 of medical assistance coming your way. We go to the hospital, the doctor, and whatnot. Um, that's if you're a passenger in a car accident, that's $10,000 under PIP here in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. But you want to make sure that on the bodily injury side of things, when you're when you get a lawyer and file with the insurance companies to be compensated for your damages, that you're going after every potential avenue that is available to you. If you're a passenger in a car and the other driver, you're a passenger in, in, with, in car A, and the other driver in car B is mostly at fault, but the driver of your car is somewhat at fault, you really need to go after both drivers. Now, I know at this point somebody's going to say, well, these lawyers want to sue everybody. Please understand, while you are, in fact, filing a claim against the driver or owner's insurance policy, it's against the insurance policy. It's, it's in, in the name, against the name of that person, but it's their insurance policy paying. You're not going after their personal assets. And if you don't do that, the alternative is the insurance company for car B will absolutely say, well, driver of car A is, in our estimation, 25% at fault, so we're only going to pay you 75% of your damages because we only owe 75% of this. Remember, we started this podcast at Pure Comparative Fault. Everyone is responsible for the proportion of the damages that they cause. So if driver B caused 75, is 75% responsible for this wreck, then driver B is responsible for 75% of the damages done to a passenger in driver A's automobile. But driver A is responsible for 25%. And the mistake a lot of people make as a passenger in driver A's automobile is they let driver A take the lead and driver A takes their buddy, the passenger, to his attorney or her attorney, and they don't always make the bet that there's a conflict there. Yep. Attorney cannot serve two masters. You you cannot serve the driver who himself or herself can be both plaintiff and defendant in the same case, and the passenger. And most attorneys, I would hope most attorneys at that point, would inform you of that conflict. Some apparently won't. You as a passenger need to understand, as a, as a car accident passenger, as, as a passenger in a car wreck, you have rights. One of them being that you deserve full compensation for your injuries. We talked last month on our podcast about the whole unofficial motto of this place, maximize uh, client recovery. Make sure you're maximizing the recovery you should get in these cases as a passenger in a car wreck. And the best way to do that is to get your own attorney who can look at every avenue of recovery and see if you have a a claim against 
the driver of car A, the driver of car B, etc. Please understand, if you leave one of those drivers out, you're taking money out of your pocket because if, the, if driver A is responsible for 25% of this wreck, then driver B, or his or her insurance company, will never pay you more than 75% of your damages. That's just the way it works. Right. Yeah, and so it's, it's just really important. You have the right to your own attorney, um, and really if you, like Doug said, if you're represented by the same attorney, that attorney should advise you, okay, you really need to se- seek independent or separate counsel um, to make sure that you're covering covering all your bases and making sure you're, you're adequately compensated. Um, and I, I know sometimes it can get, it may be kind of awkward if you're tra- a passenger in your, you know, a family member's car or a friend or a coworker or something like that. Sometimes it can, can get kind of, it might seem awkward to say, well, I'm going to sue my, you know, coworker because she was speeding and she was, you know, 25% at fault for this, this car wreck, but you know, there's insurance for a reason. There's insurance. They have insurance to protect in these various scenarios to protect themselves and passengers traveling in their vehicles. So um, it, it really is the right thing to do for all parties involved. That's so important now to say there about insurance. It, the Commonwealth of Kentucky and I believe all 50 states require insurance as a condition of driving. Um, you can't buy a car without insurance. You're not allowed to drive a car legally without insurance. We have insurance for a reason. It's there to insure against situations like this, and and people should not allow themselves the adequate compensation out of some fear of you know offending someone or getting involved in the legal system or whatnot. Uh, bottom line is this: you're entitled to this compensation for a reason. You have rights to it. You should maximize your own compensation. You have a right to that. As a passenger in an auto accident, you did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong, so you were entitled to your medical bills, your lost wages, and your pain and suffering. The law says so, and common sense says so. So, and, and I, the people, we gave the example earlier about running a stop sign and somebody um, somebody going too fast. I got some other interesting statistics on everybody. This is from a 1979 trial-level study of causes of traffic accidents, and I think uh, the NHGSA ran this again in, I want to say, 2008 and got basically the same results. Um, 57% of wrecks are driver fault alone. 63% are driver plus vehicle. 84% are driver plus roadway, meaning it's the driver's fault, but also the roadway was wet or something mm-hmm. like that. 93% driver plus roadway plus vehicle. Okay, Only 3% of wrecks are the roadway alone. Only 2% are the vehicle alone. And then 1% are roadway plus vehicle. In other words, 93% of the time, a driver bears some responsibility for the wreck. So if you're thinking, well, the insurance company's being picky and and you know it's just it's driver B's fault and not driver A, 93% of the time a driver is at fault. Now it could just be driver B in your case, but there's other things to look at. Yes, the road might have been wet, but was driver A driving too fast? Yeah. Just because speed limit's 55 doesn't mean she always go 55. 55 doesn't mean 55 in a torrential downpour. You know, if the roadway's wet, you're supposed to be going the the amount to be safe, not yeah, safe 55. Right. You can't go exactly. 55 when it's, when it's that wet. That's another reason for the importance of getting your own separate attorney 
Um, and if you're a passenger is because you can have an attorney who, you know, we do this for a living. We do this every day, hundreds of cases. Um, we can look at all the facts and determine whether or not based, you know, based on I don't know, the angle of impact or a lot of different factors that, that we know to look for that you just might not. Because I can see a situation and we've had this come up where passenger, you know, traveling with their buddy and they think, oh, no, he didn't do anything wrong. He was fine. The other person ran through that stop sign or you know, was, was going crazy fast or something. And they think, oh no, my buddy didn't do anything. When in reality, like you're saying, uh, there could be some potential fault to go around. So you really need to get your own independent, um, counsel, your own attorney to look at all of the facts, things that we know to look for that you just might not, um, to make sure that you're covering all your bases. And at the end of the day, if the insurance, if the lawyers, the insurance companies and whatnot agree that driver B is 100% at fault, well, that's great. Right. Then driver B's insurance pays 100% of your damages. Yeah. That's that's wonderful. But I promise you this, if you don't potentially bring a claim against driver A, then the insurance company for driver B is going to work extra hard to put any fault at all on driver A, knowing that there's no insurance company on driver A's part defending it yeah. fighting it they won't hire the driver A's insurance company won't need to hire driver A an attorney in this scenario so there's no extra attorney defending it so it's an empty chair scenario where they can try to dump fault on driver A the best thing to do is to get a lawyer to open every claim necessary if you're a wreck in a car if you're a passenger in a car wreck if you're a wreck that's a different podcast if you're a wreck a passenger in a car wreck then get an attorney who can live over every potential avenue of recovery because you never know if the driver in your car was not keeping a proper lookout, not keeping his car under reasonable control because you're in a conditional highway, maybe going too fast, following too close, not exercising ordinary care, so on and so forth. So passenger in a motor vehicle a wreck, motor vehicle wreck passenger, absolutely should seek his or her own attorney, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. Agreed, yeah. Well, I like... Uh, we didn't really get into into liability limits. You want to you want to say that for next time, or you want to do a little bit on that real quick? Or um, yeah, let's 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 talk about it. Okay. Commonwealth of Kentucky requires drivers to have um, insurance, and the minimum limits are twenty five thousand dollars per person, fifty thousand dollars per occurrence. Um, if you are, some states have lower limits than twenty five fifty. However, if someone has a policy from the state that's lower than that, but that insurance company writes policies in Kentucky, then Kentucky has a requirement as a condition of doing business here as an insurance company that those limits get raised in Kentucky to 25000 If so the wreck happened If the wreck happened in yeah. Kentucky, thank you. So if, I think Florida at one point, they had changes. Florida at one point, I think had a minimum of 20. But if a Florida driver was driving in Kentucky and got a wreck in Kentucky, and had an insurance policy with an insurance company that also writes policies in Kentucky, that 20 just became 25. That's a condition of doing business here. So almost always, the minimum is going to be 25.50. It's 25 per person. That means regardless of how hurt you are, the most money you as an individual can recover from that insurance policy is $25,000. And the most that the entire occurrence, that's everyone involved in the wreck, bodily injury, can receive is $50,000. So if you're listening to this, we do have a blog that 
um, we put on our website. Um, it's what happens if you get pulled over without insurance in Kentucky. Um, and it does talk about, um, you know, that type of stuff. So if you want to refer to that. Um, and then also Kentucky offers a program called the Kentucky Automobile Insurance Plan. Um, it helps high-risk drivers obtain insurance. Um, and then there's a low-income driver uh, option uh, called the Kentucky Low-Income Home Energy Assistance Program. Um, and you can sign up for those to, to help you get yeah, some insurance if you need those. But um, that's all on the blog if you go on our website. I like that. I'm glad yeah. you put that in there. That's, that's important. I didn't know some of that. That's um, Everyone should have insurance. And if you're having trouble paying for it, I mean, we've all been there, but... If you're having trouble paying for it, then then absolutely check one of those places out because you don't need to be driving on these roads uninsured. I'll tell you, it's the law. It's the right thing to do in case you injure somebody. It's also the right thing to do for your own finances because, I don't know, insurance companies have two obligations, the, the duty, two duties, the duty to defend and the duty to indemnify. The duty to defend means they will hire an attorney and they will defend their insured. They will hire an attorney to represent you if you are in a wreck and, you, and somebody's saying you caused the wreck. The duty to indemnify is to protect you from the consequences of that wreck. No insurance company will ever, ever settle a claim without getting indemnification for their client. Meaning, if you've got a $25,000 policy and you cause a wreck, and you cause way more than $25,000 worth of damage to some other person. The insurance company, and this is contractual, it's not even, I mean, they're not being evil doing this, will say, I'm really sorry, Mr. Ms. Smith, that you have all these injuries, but here's $25,000 in insurance. It's the maximum. We'll offer it to you, but you have to agree that's all you're going to pursue from this individual. Otherwise, you know, you can sue them in their personal capacity and, and get a big judgment and they'll declare bankruptcy. And, you know, now your life is the uninsured drivers turn upside down and the poor person who you know, lost damage to probably still won't see a dime or much or very much money. So bottom line is, please have insurance and, and, and please listen back to the part of the podcast where just talked about how you can how you can get insurance if you don't have it. Um, another reason as a passenger you're going to want uh, your own attorney is if there's multiple passengers in the wreck, the twenty-five fifty becomes pro rata, meaning it's fifty thousand dollars per occurrence. So let's say there's three passengers in the car plus a driver. Now you're in car A, and you've got driver of car A, front seat passenger. That's you. Two back seat passengers. There's car B. Let's say in this case, car B, the driver is one hundred percent at fault. Well, and let's say he or she has a minimum policy twenty-five fifty. That's all the insurance there is. There's a fifty thousand. There's fifty thousand dollars sitting there. And there's four people making a claim on it. The claims are determined on a pro rata basis, meaning since the sum total of damages will probably be in excess of $50,000, they're divided in a pro rata way as to if you have more uh, damages and you'll get more of the money. A good attorney, and Natalie had a case a couple years ago, she did a great job on this, this exact fact scenario. A good attorney will know how to how to work this to make sure that all of your damages are compensated for. And with a smaller pool of money like that, that becomes very, very important. Right. Yeah. You want somebody fighting for your best interest when there is a very finite amount of money to go around, you know, a larger group of people. Um, you really have to, to 
know what you're doing in that scenario. So you, you got to lead with your, you know, your best damages. So you can really um, explain to the insurance company that, you know, uh, you deserve a certain amount of this money versus somebody else who maybe wasn't as badly injured, didn't have as many medical bills, didn't lose as much work, all that kind of stuff. I think that's very important. So yeah. as a passenger in a wreck, you want to do that. Um, there are single limit policies. We're going to get into that. Those are rare. Kentucky doesn't write those, I don't believe. Uh, so $25,000, 50000 and pro rata, we talked about the passenger can get a, a minimum policy up to 25000 the occurrence up to 50000 the insurance policy can go up in the denominations from there, 5100 100, 100 and so on and so forth. Uh, what else do we want to do on uh, liability? There's property damage, unless it's a single limit policy, that's different, so passengers shouldn't need to worry about that. Yeah. Unless they have personal property in the car that was damaged, at which point, you know, call us, we'll talk, but that's not really yeah. outside the purview of the podcast, right? Right, right. But yes, you can make a property claim for your personal belongings. So what else do passengers need to do other than listen to our podcast? <laughs> um, we talked about if, if a driver's not, your driver, the vehicle that you're in is not insured for some reason. Um, we look to potentially the, your own personal policies for things like underinsured, uninsured or underinsured. And also I think we mentioned uh, PIP. So in that scenario, um, the PIP is the personal injury protection. That's the $10,000 that's available you know, on the front end of it, outside of a settlement, but on the front end for medical bills and lost wages. Um, if you're traveling in a vehicle that's not insured, um, there's a so there's there would be no PIP, and maybe you don't have your own policy. Maybe you're a passenger because you don't own a car, so you don't have your own auto policy. There's a, a Kentucky has a um, a program called the Kentucky Assigned Claims. Board, I believe, KAC is what we, we normally refer to it as, where uh, um, if you are a passenger in an uninsured vehicle, there is PIP uh, available to you through the Kentucky Assigned Claims. They essentially just uh, bring on uh, one of the participating uh, insurance companies in Kentucky, and uh, that claim goes through uh, through that insurance company. So there is, uh, there will, in no scenario... Would a passenger not have any PIP coverage available to them? So that's good to know. I think passengers need to know that. Very much so. Very much so. Especially if you're dealing with, you know, if you're injured and you have to miss a bunch of work because of the wreck. PIP really can be kind of life-changing in that scenario. If you just can't work and you know, there's no insurance um, otherwise, there will at least be PIP to cover some, uh, some lost wages. So if you're going to be a passenger in a vehicle, obviously listen to this podcast, but otherwise... Uh, That's the most important thing, right? Listen to keep Keep checking in. Listen to all of our... You never know what our next topic is going to, going to be. So, uh, yeah, listen to our podcast. Follow the follow the uh, advice. Um, and give us a call. We're, I mean... Yeah, I was going to say, uh, check out the website, morricolliersmith.com, or you can give us a call at 502 502- Two one two four three three three. We're getting a lot of positive feedback about the podcast. A lot of positive feedback. Not not Joe Rogan, Mr. Beast numbers yet. Not uh, not Wednesday Netflix numbers yet. But we're getting a lot of positive feedback about the podcast. Jess, this one was your idea. Do you think yeah. we uh, help these auto accident passengers? These uh, passengers in motor vehicle wrecks. You think I we? I think so. Good. I think it's great. I yeah. think I'm gonna write up a blog too. I think Excellent. that'll help kind of wrap up some of the thoughts that you all have. Yeah. Any any uh, questions or any glaring like holes that maybe we missed or 
didn't think about that, that you would have as a passenger? Well, I, you know, I did, one thought kind of came to my head. Um, you all are talking about just a single passenger, but, you know, and you mentioned a few times about there were multiple, you have to kind of pull from, from that. Um, what Do you have a case that you can kind of talk about where you had um, a client and there was multiple passengers or that person was a passenger and anything like that? Um, can... Yeah, several are, are coming to mind. Um, um, uh, without, you know, given obviously specifics of any details, but um, the pro rata, the, you know, when it's a minimum policy or a lower policy, that really can become um, important. Um, I had a case fairly recently with, uh, uh, we had, we represented both passengers, there were two passengers and a driver and two passengers, so um, the passengers did the, the right thing and got an attorney, which was us, separate from the driver, and they were all friends. Um, the other car that hit them, luckily, was 100% at fault, so we didn't, in that scenario, we didn't have to fight about liability between the two drivers and, and my two clients, buddy who was driving their car, driving the car they were in. Um, but that was a situation where we had a finite amount of insurance coverage and, you know, three people in the car. And sometimes you get agreeable. Those kids luckily weren't terribly injured. You know, they had some ER treatment and some follow-up visits, but, um, uh, you know, splitting it three ways sometimes becomes just the right the, the easiest way to do it and that that situation that worked out well with with them and they were um they were pleased with the results from that um and then we've had other cases where um there was much more significant injuries much much higher damages um with a finite amount of insurance and a lot more i think the the case maybe that you were talking about a minute ago Doug that you referenced um i think our client was on a TARC bus in that situation. I don't know if it was a TARC, but I know you worked the case, and I'll, I'll brag on Natalie, did an excellent job. I don't think it was TARC because I remember there were limits, and, and TARC would have had a much bigger policy. Well, TARC was, wasn't at fault. Oh, the other you're, okay, got, at fault. you're right, you're right. So the other vehicle struck a TARC bus, so there was like, I don't know, 12 people on this bus. It was a bad wreck with another vehicle. The vehicle that was at fault, and again, was found to be 100% at fault, TARC had no liability, um, had a minimum policy. Um, so that was a very small amount of money to go around to a large group of people. We actually ended up having to, um, we all, all parties agreed to, to go to arbitration on that. We had a, um, uh, we had an independent, wasn't necessarily arbitration. It was an independent, um, mediator basically, uh, just, we, we agreed to be bound by his determination, but, um, kind of identify who should get what amount of money. And we really um, did a lot of good work in that to, to make sure our client got the most. Because she really was, you know, unfortunately she had, there was no other insurance policies to, to cover her on that. So that was really all she was going to be able to recover from. And, and uh, Natalie got her client an exceptional amount under the circumstances, given how much money was there. She made sure that her client got a lot more of it than she would have with another return. That Let's just put it that way. There was a a smaller pool of money to draw from would have liked, but that was what it was. Natalie worked it up in a way to really accentuate, to really um, emphasize the this particular client's injuries and suffering 
and subsequently got a much better return for her client than other people necessarily got for theirs. Okay, and that type of arbitration, we don't do arbitration except in this instance, it's literally the only, the only scenario where if an insurance company says, look, we know with the eight or 10 or 12 of you, we're going to end up paying the whole 50000 We don't really care to who. Yeah. Here's 50000 You all split it up. Eight, 10, 12 plaintiff's lawyers will then find somebody trustworthy and competent to submit these briefs to. It's outside of what we usually do. But uh, but Natalie did an exceptional job on that fighting for her client. I, I'm not trying to cast aspersions here, but I, I don't think if somebody came to the table with all eight of those injured people, they would have necessarily done as much work. And I hate to say it like that, but one, because they're pitting their clients against themselves, which you're not supposed to do, and two, that attorney's getting the same amount of money regardless anyway. So Natalie did an exceptional job making sure that her passenger was as well taken care of as could be under that set of circumstances. Her passenger from a car wreck. Well, thanks, Doug. Yeah, that's a great segue into letting you know, listener, that from the moment you call us, you are going to get exceptional five-star quality service from the moment that you call. Um, We, uh, as a firm, believe that we will um, maximize your recovery. We We'll take every client um, and do our best for that particular client. Um, so with us, you get you get great service. So please, yeah, reach out if you have any questions. Here, here. All right, yeah. sounds good. Well, thanks so much for joining in today, and be on the lookout for the next one coming up. And have a wonderful day. Thanks so much. <laughs>